The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kelda, welcome to On Site, an informative, easygoing podcast series about the trade industry. Brought to you by Trade Jobs NZ and the Spin Off Podcast Network. I'm Jay Reeve, and along with my co host, Brooke Sparky Girl Thompson, we'll take a good hard look at the ups, downs, and opportunities of a life on the tools. Subscribe now via your preferred podcast provider, and if you're ready for a career in the trades, visit tradejobsnz.co.nz. Uh, well, welcome to our very first episode of On Site, and we're pretty excited to bring you this series about tradies for tradies and anyone who's thinking about picking up the tools. Over the course of the series, we'll be addressing some of the issues that are facing tradies in Aotearoa, but today we're going to ease on into things. Um, later in the show, we'll be chatting with Lauren and Cam from Trade Jobs NZ and talking about the current trade employment climate. But before we do that, we should probably introduce ourselves and have a bit of a yarn so you know who we are and why we are the battlers filling in these seats and hosting the series. So I guess to kick things off... Um, um, I would like to introduce myself, a little self-saucer. My name is Jay Reeve. I work on the rock radio station and have absolutely no skills, hence the reason I sit behind microphones. And even most of the time, <laughs> I battle to do that properly. The real talent of the show uh, is my co-host, Brooke. Brooke, uh, welcome along to the show. A lot of people probably know you from Sparky Girl, the incredible Instagram account which has chronicled your journey. Maybe instead of me trying to introduce you, tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooke. You are doing such a fantastic job of introducing me, but uh, I can help you out here. So um, my name's Brooke. I am a apprentice electrician in Queenstown, um, the most beautiful place in New Zealand. Oh, debatable. Massively. <laughs> and I've been very fortunate to have accidentally fallen into the trades, something that um, maybe you would look at me and never think I would uh, do for a job. Uh, I'm quite a girly girl. Uh, I love dressing up. I love makeup. I love all those uh, stereotypical girly things, but uh, by day, I am uh, hands deep in mud, digging holes, drilling through concrete, uh, doing a lot of badass stuff. So um, it's a really, really cool uh, juxtaposition to have those two sides of me. So yeah, I'm really excited to do this podcast. It's going to be fantastic to grow our industry and get different voices uh, talking about the issues that we face as a collective. 
I guess the first question that everyone will be asking is, how did you get into it? Is this something that you've always wanted to do? Did you like getting electric shocks as a kid? Did you <laughs> like building stuff? Uh, are you a, have aspirations of being a property mogul? So you're getting in at the ground floor so you can make friends with all these other trades and build stuff on the cheap and charge it up to other jobs and do what every other reckless cowboy and cowgirl does? Oh, God. Um, it's really interesting uh, because that's the number one question I always get is, is why this job? How did you fall into this? Like for a very uh, traditionally feminine woman to fall into such a masculine role, I think people are very curious. Um, But I was quite lucky. I've had a very non-traditional, very different life. I moved over to Aussie for the mining boom with my mum when I was about 13 from New Zealand. And um, that was just a land of opportunity for me. You know, I got to go to Europe with the Australian government to do Anzac commemorations. And that was the really the making of me because I was probably a little bit naughty in school. I got good grades, but I was, uh, I love to have a comment back to the teacher, which got me in trouble a lot of times. Um, and then, yeah, it just sort of blossom from there. I was involved with a lot of volunteer organizations. I got to go over to Laos, which is near Cambodia, Vietnam, Mm. and do work with doctors over there who were helping bring uh, essential aid to villages who were quite isolated. That was really impactful on me to the point where I was like, do you know what? I'm going to be a doctor. I've got the brains. I've got the drive. Like I'm going to be a doctor. That's, that's my drive in life. And, um, I came back from Australia to New Zealand because obviously as a Kiwi, as we all know, uh, there are massive obstacles to having affordable university in Australia because technically you're not a citizen. And um, I ended up coming back to New Zealand and just being a bit lost. I think a lot of people my age get so much build up in high school. You know, I was head girl. I got top of class for a lot of subjects when I graduated. Like I had all these people investing and believing and telling me I was going to be something. And here I was just really confused about making decisions, especially expensive ones like university. So I ended up just running away and living in South America for a year. So I ended up learning Spanish. I had a whole life over there and I thought, I'll find myself, I'll figure it out. And then once I came back from South America, I was in that same place of trying to fit into this tiny little box society had created for me. Well, you're a woman, so you can go to university or you can stay in your hometown and you can be a receptionist or a hairdresser. Those were like all the options that were presented to me and none of them fit me. And I just remember feeling like so let down and confused and I didn't really understand where my path was. And I think for a lot of women, especially in small town New Zealand, the men who stay in the small towns, they get straight away pushed into trades. And after three years, they're on $80,000. And for women, they are encouraged or pressured to choose low income jobs that do not upskill them. Therefore, they are in this perpetual state of low income earning and struggle and confusion. And so I really saw that. And I was like, how come my guy mates are earning 80K and my girlfriends are struggling? I was like, this isn't right. I want to do what they're doing. They make bank. They love their jobs. They have utes. Like they (laughs) just look like they've got their life together. So I was like, this is a no brainer. So I just sort of went out on a limb and did a trial day with a friend of mine. And and I was up in the roof space with like thousands of cluster flies. And I was just laughing and I was like, this is hilarious. This is great fun. So um, it just clicked. 
it just, I was like, this is for me. I'm going to give this a shot. I've got nothing to lose. And it literally has been the best decision of my life. To a lot of people listening, they would be like, that sounds like my worst nightmare. Apart from the ute and the cash, uh, that sounds like a terrible vocation. <laughs> what made you What made you choose uh, the Sparky line as opposed to any other trade? Was it purely financial or you have an interest in, I guess, becoming the neural pathways of a house? I think the really interesting thing about electrical is the massive advantages to it are flexibility and how tiny you are. If you can fit your entire arm into a light hole to grab a cable, you're at a physical advantage. There is less emphasis in electrical on being jacked up in a gym junkie and more on working smarter and not harder. Um, And if you don't make mistakes and you think methodically, you can really smash out your work twice as fast as the next person. So I really liked that intellectual aspect of electrical. And that was before I entered the bookwork side of things. And then I regretted my decision massively. And I kept saying, (laughs) I should have been a builder. I hate this paperwork. I should have been a builder. You didn't want to be, you didn't want to be a a plumber uh, to be crawling under somebody's house and rolling around in their excrement and, uh, fixing up a shower trap that's fallen off and they haven't bothered to get fixed for a couple of months and making a little swimming pool under their house? Well, the the stereotype about Sparkies is we wipe our tears with $100 bills and we don't get our hands dirty. We like we like the theories of the trade. So I was like, that probably suits me quite well because I still like having clean nails and, um, you know, not rolling around in God knows what of people's houses. So I think electrician suits me very well in that aspect. When you decided to become a Sparky, how easy was it for you to get into the industry and how, I guess, welcoming were because it's traditionally not a role, as you said, that, that a lot of women get into. So did you have any role models? And who were the people that took a punt on it? And I guess, was it all peaches and cream or has it been some hard yards? Because you look like a very effervescent person, but sometimes your Instagram will tell another story. So I'm extremely fortunate to have my dad as my absolute hero. Um, we used to like work on cars when we were younger and his moral code is something I just so genuinely admire. He's one of those typical Kiwi dads who like brags about never having a sick day in like 10 years. And when I was a kid, I can remember the doctor's office calling him and being like, Hey, you still alive. You haven't come in in the last decade. So we're just checking. Like he's never a sick day. He's always like, no matter what work is priority. And, um, he was just incredible to me when I was growing up because he used to really embody like that sheer quote that's like, men are like dessert. You can love dessert, but you don't need it. And he was always <laughs> like, you do you, you get your bag, girl. You know, you worry about someone down the line that's an extra. Do not give up your life for someone. And that was just reiterated to me. And that's been so core to me being confident and successful and feeling so comfortable being alone. And so when I entered the trades, it was like another test of that because obviously construction has, you know, the highest suicide rate of any job. Mm. And so there is the aspect of mental toughness that you need to develop. And so going into the trades where in my first year, I was actively excluded by the men that the company I worked for, um, that it really took a really hard mental toll on me. And that was purely because when I first started, I got a a really good um, reputation 
the bosses were really impressed with me because I had that chip on my shoulder. Like I can't just be okay. I have to be amazing. And, um, that sort of put a bullseye on me. And so that was really hard for the first time in my life to adapt to a setting where I wasn't liked and it wasn't my personality. It was purely for the fact that me existing triggered insecurity in other people. And I'm actually really grateful for that because it really develops me as a person, that resilience, that strength I did not have when I entered the trades. And now I, I really understand how other people operate to the point where I can see their vulnerability and the way they struggle. And a lot of men in the trades are incredible, incredible people who have just been forced into this tiny, tiny box of existence where they're not allowed to express themselves emotionally. They're not allowed to develop compassion for other people because it's seen as, as this stupid weakness. And so working in the trades has been incredible for me because now I truly understand how men operate and the oppression that they are also pushed into of existing. So like overall, the trades, although in the beginning were in a welcoming place, it's really developed into this incredible space now, especially living in Queenstown, where people are so open-minded, extremely welcoming. Um, I get treated like a daughter or a sister on site. We go out for beers after work. Like the company I work for now it is just like a family. It's just absolutely incredible to have followed my journey, probably from bitterness in the beginning and shock to just full confidence and comfortability in the industry. And I think that's what a lot of apprentices go through as well. Have you, with your Instagram account, noticed that uh, a lot of people have gotten in touch and said that I've never actually even considered for a second getting into trade, but having watched your journey uh, and seen you fill in a few of the potholes that I will hopefully miss, have now gotten themselves into it? Are you starting to see a, a rise in the number of people that are getting into it, probably as a direct result of seeing you go along the journey that you've undertaken? It would be an honor to imagine that I have impacted someone's life to the point where they have got into a job that they love and they've upskilled and they're earning great money. Like my only desire and my only purpose of the Instagram page was to empower other women and you can only be what you can see. So showing that you don't have to be a stereotypical woman in the trades. You can break the box. You can be different. You can have acrylic nails. You can wear makeup to work. You can have lip fillers and you can still be a tradie. Break the bond. Break that mold. Don't just drink V and have pies for smoker. So many of me and my tradie friends are actually vegan. <laughs> Which is really bizarre. Like it, well, I used to get like a lot of crap for it in the beginning, but now I'm seeing more and more people, you know, go plant based in the trades, or more and more people come out as LGBTQ plus in the trades and be proud of it. And it's just so inspiring. And I'm so attracted to people who do not live within the confines that they are supposed to be in. So. Yeah, it's been really cool. Being a Sparky, you'd be on a lot more sites than your average tradie. Possibly a plumber would be the exception. But do you notice more and more women on site or are you still, as you've referred to yourselves, as the unicorns of the trade world? Yeah, so obviously when you start out in your trade, for me, um, a few years back now, um, I felt really lonely. But the beautiful thing about being in Queenstown especially is there is so many tradie women here. So in terms of the um, in terms of the other accounts that you follow, who are the who are the ones that are inspiring you the most? 
So there's a few people that I really enjoy their content. And one of those is a girl called Bards Builds. Um, so she's just energetic and happy to be there and just has the most incredible content to show um, that you can be a woman and be feminine and also in the trades. And then there's Melbourne Chibi Chick. She's got a massive page and she's about to have her first child, which is so cool to see a pregnant woman on site smashing the work. It's just a new frontier for all of us. We we don't really have a lot of examples, so we are becoming like the pioneers of that industry. Well, now that the rest of us that have been listening to this feel like we've done absolutely nothing with our lives, uh, we will uh, could probably could take a good, long, hard look in the mirror, and, uh, and we can come back after a short break in which we'll be catching up with uh, Lauren and Cam from Trade Jobs NZ. Uh, well, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, you have figured out by now uh, that Trade Jobs NZ have made this podcast possible. So, massive thank you to Trade Jobs NZ. And Trade Jobs NZ is obviously a great site that makes it easy for tradies to find and apply for jobs. But the reason it's so good is because the people behind it are actually passionate about trade employment and have in depth knowledge of the trade landscape right here in Aotearoa. So, it makes bloody good sense to talk to the Trade Jobs NZ team about the current mood in the industry, where the gaps are and what we need to do to fill those gaps. And perhaps uh, we can get a little bit of an insight into what they're hearing from both employers and, of course, tradies. So well, welcome to the pod. Lauren Baker, what is it that you do for Trade Jobs NZ? Well, I'm not on the tools myself, but I'm in the marketing team. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and flanking you, rather large human uh, who's been shoveling some tin around by the looks of things. Uh, welcome, Cam Delzell. What do you do uh, at Trade Jobs NZ, big fella? Uh, so I'm an account manager at Trade Jobs. So I'm dealing a lot with the employers and also dealing with the tradies as well. Mm. And so you work straight out of the gym by the looks of things? <laughs> Yep, sometimes on the phone, <laughs> mid-set, it's like, oh, I've got to take this call, but duty calls. Okay, so I guess uh, Trade Jobs NZ, uh, what's the mood of the trade employment market these days? And I'm, and I'm guessing on both sides, because we hear about it a lot in media, and we report that there is a massive shortage uh, in terms of the construction industry and how many houses are needed. But how, how are we looking on the... I guess the the qualified trade side of things. I guess Cam to throw it to you. What you know? Do we have enough people in trade to cover the boom that we're experiencing? I think it's it's no secret that there is very much a shortage of trades or tradies in New Zealand. Um, it's definitely a hard market to fill. We're trying to obviously encourage, uh, as Brooke was mentioning earlier, encouraging people coming out of school instead of looking at the university option to look at the trades because it is it is a very viable option, especially if you're looking at earning eighty k in your first three years to get that cool. ute. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a very hard market, and there's a lot. There is definitely a demand for it. Lauren, what are you? I mean, your job falls on you. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if we don't have enough tradies, then I'm guessing it's your fault. Uh, is there just a, not enough people, <laughs> and we've just got too much work? Is that basically what it boils down to? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, basically, yeah. There's not enough people, but I think over the last couple of decades, people have felt the pressure to go to university. So there's been less and less people considering trades as a career and that's changing now. So you can do an apprentice for free and there's more encouragement to go in that direction. But that's going to take a couple of years to see those people start to come into the workforce. So, yeah, there's too much demand and not enough supply, basically. Are you noticing people that have, over the last couple of years with COVID, hitting maybe having a look at their lives and and making it a more of a lifestyle choice as opposed to their traditional vocation and 
are you finding I mean I've even got friends ex uh, New Zealand rugby players or super rugby mm. players or leagueies or uh, I even know triple seven captains that have hung up boots mm. and hung up piloting hats to pick up an apprenticeship in their sort of 30s and 40s are you noticing that swing coming from other industry across yeah, I think it's come on the back. Obviously, COVID has had a massive impact on on this. And obviously, everyone's been locked up inside. And so I think, obviously, the trades, you are out and about and you're not stuck at home or stuck in an office. So I think people have come to realize that I do want to be doing something different. I want to be outside. I want to mm. be doing stuff with my hands. Like, I don't want to be stuck at home. So it is it's a very viable option from all industries. Yeah, what part, what sector is, is battling the hardest in terms of filling the spaces? Oh, farming and agriculture is getting it tough, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've been having a few chats with them last year and they're really struggling. There's a kind of perception that being a farmer is really isolating. So while Brooke is talking about, you know, going out for beers with the team after work and things, there's not really that culture being a farmer. Um, landscaping, we've noticed that people kind of leave that industry because the physical toll on their bodies is incredibly difficult. Mm. Driving has mm. obviously been a big one, another reason because of COVID, but the transport, getting drivers, you're know, seeing the same thing over in Australia, the, the supply and the drivers over there. So they're having the same problem over there as we are here. Mm. So I guess it's probably a good time to ask in terms of what Trade Jobs NZ does, what sectors do you cover? Everything and anything. You know, we've got 12 categories on our site, including what we call other, because we want people to come to us. We want to be like, hey, look, this I, I'm a trade, put me up on your site. And we'll be like, yeah, absolutely. So those categories are growing and growing, you know, every single month. In terms of the barriers to entry for employers, is, I guess, enough being done from a, a government level and uh, a, a training representation level? Or are they supporting people that are trying to get into these various different industries enough, um, providing them with the opportunities, providing them with the breaks that they need to fill these gaps, do you think? They could be, but I just feel like tradies don't really know where to go or aspiring tradies don't really know where to go to find that information. We've noticed that it's quite fragmented and there's amazing organisations such as Roads to Success who are offering those apprenticeships to uh, aspiring truckies and drivers. But no one really knows where to find that information. Mm. So that's what we're hoping to do. We're building relationships with these industry bodies and we want to create a platform that's not just about finding and applying for a job. It's about building a community and having access to all that information in one place. Are people starting to pick the eyeballs out of really good talent? And I guess as a result of that, being able to carve up, I know I'm from Mount Maunganui and a lot of my mates are based in construction trades in general. And at the moment, one of the hottest commodities that's being traded is a second or third year apprentice who has all their tools, has a really good base knowledge, can do all of the work that basically needs to be done, but gets paid, I'm not going to say birdseed, but less than what what you would be getting if you're just another couple of years down the track and qualified. So there's a lot of scalping going on, a little bit of behind the back dealings, and then you get your ute mate, and here's a clothing allowance, and here's a tool allowance. And are you noticing that because there is just such a shortage of skilled workers? Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely from the employers that they're looking at doing that. Is they're trying to encourage employers to say, well, you've got to you've got to sell yourself to your employees about why they should come and work for you or why they should stay and work for you. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different reasons. So as you said, you can get your own tools. You might have a company van, that sort of thing. But it is very much about trying to keep your employees. And obviously, if you look after your employees, they'll look after your clients. It's not just a not just a trade industry thing. It's kind of work everywhere wherever you go. Like if you're looked after from your boss, you'll generally work well. So it's about it's about having that sort of mentality. Yeah, well, it's not just about monetary benefits. We're realizing you need to be offered those other benefits, otherwise 
you're going to get your staff stolen from your competitors. It's as simple as that. And especially with such a low number of tradies in the industry, that's a real problem. You know, you have to work to retain your staff. Oh, yeah, probably just to cut in there and, and ask Brooke, as a person that is on site, are you noticing that there is an influx and that people are chopping and changing and uh, holding themselves to higher accounts and trying to find the next bigger, better thing, wanting to get these bigger deals and, I guess, auctioning themselves off as, as prize fighters? Uh, so the really interesting thing about Queenstown is we're quite a transient place. Um, so there is such a demand for qualified workers. Uh, I had personally a friend who was offered really good money, five, six dollars more than he was already getting Fridays off. Um, just lots of, uh, sugar on top of the cake. Um, but he still chose to leave the job and leave the industry because he was so stressed Mm. and there was such probably, uh, bad uh, mental health culture around him. And so I think the importance of recognizing that is that, um, tradies, if they love their job, will work for less and absolutely love it. The important thing is to create a culture where people feel supported, they are emotionally supported in their role, and that will keep people in their job just because construction is so high stress. We need to make allowances for people to feel more supported, I guess. Uh, mm. I guess this will be a question that I'll throw to both of you, but to you, Brooke, um, first. Are you noticing that obviously Queenstown is a hot destination, cold at the moment, but it's a great <laughs> place to live. Everything you've, you've got everything on your doorstep. It's uh, beautiful. It's got great people. It's got great culture within within the town itself. And, and in winter, it's an absolute paradise. Uh, oh, summer's paradise too. Lake's always cold, but that's neither by the by. Uh, have you noticed that there is more competition for roles within your area? Uh, obviously, if you were to shift to probably a less desirable part of New Zealand, then you'd be able to sort of pick and choose what it was, but you just take what you can get because you're in Queenstown? Yeah. So in Queenstown, on average, we get paid about $5 more an hour as electricians than other um, smaller places in New Zealand. So not only are you earning more, you're also uh, being able to go for a ski after work and mountain bike after work and swim in the lake. There's all this um, incredible activity here that's going on. It is such an incredible place. But with that, um, there is such a lack of tradespeople here. Every company I've ever worked for have seen bosses continuously advertising for tradespeople. So this is probably my call out uh, to people in New Zealand. If you are looking for a change and you want um, an environment that is more fulfilling, Queensland is a great place to come and it's only going to get bigger and bigger here. Uh, I guess to the trade jobs in Z Team, Cam and Lauren, where are you seeing the biggest gaps and the highest demand in terms of location for vocation? Ironically, it's down south. Especially, yeah, especially with the driving industry, as I mentioned earlier. But yeah, down south, there seems to be a great demand for for all of the trades. Mm. As you said, I'm not sure why people don't want to move there. It's pretty, not a bad destination. It's so cold. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to work in negative like seven in Arrowtown and try and dig a hole, you would be like, bugger this, I'm going back to Auckland. This is not worth it. (laughs) Analytically, are you noticing more heat on the site from people abroad that are trying to figure out how they can move into New Zealand and the way that we're operating at the moment, does that put an absolute spanner in the works? Yeah, well, I mean, COVID and border closures hasn't made it easy for New Zealand and 
as soon as we've had that announcement that the borders are opening again, we actually've had a couple of messages from people overseas wanting to come into New Zealand. I mean, the tricky thing is, is they still think we're a recruitment agency. We're not, so we can't find them a job. We just got the jobs for them there to have a look at. Yeah, so for people that don't know what Trade Jobs NZ does, what do you do? <laughs> Apart from uh, create incredible, incredible spokespeople for the role. <laughs> well, to put it simply, we're an industry-specific job site, and we are aiming to connect employers and employees together, and but also build, as I said before, that community where it's a one-stop place for tradies to kind of access information. How did it come about? Well, our founder, Colleen Getley, she has 30 years of HR recruitment experience. And um, during COVID, she noticed that there was a massive opportunity and issue with the trade industry talking to some of her clients. And so she was like, hang on a second, there's no job site for just the trades. And why is that? And so she she's a bit of an ideas lady. <laughs> she, here we are today. And um, when we were doing our research before launching and kind of putting it all together, we did a survey and 62% of tradies responded that they look for a job on generic job sites in New Zealand, but 67% actually find their job through word of mouth. Mm. So again, we noticed that real fragmented approach. Um, and then at the end of our survey, we asked, would they be interested in a job site specific to the trades? And 91.1% said yes. So we were like, okay, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> Let's Easy. do it. Fish where the fish are. Yeah. If I've got absolutely, I mean, I don't even need to make this uh, hypothetical. I've got no skills uh, and I want to get into the trades. Is there a role for me within your site? Do you have those positions available for com- a completely unskilled workforce? I've been inspired by Brooke. Um, I really like the idea of getting electric shocks and driving around in a sweet ute so I can come to Drade Jobs NZ. Is there a position for me there? Yes. <laughs> there's always there's always a role for everyone. Uh, you don't have to be super skilled, and that's one of the things we obviously encourage our employers to offer as well is upskilling and training. And if if they find the right employee, they'll 100 percent do it because they find someone they want to work with. If you're a good employee, they can trust you. They know, for example, you're going to turn up on time. They want to keep you around, so they'll give you the training. But yeah, it starts simple as there's labouring roles, which obviously you can get into for any skill level, obviously depending on what sort of industry you want to go into. But yeah, there's there's always roles for everyone. So if you are looking at getting into any level of trade, Trade Jobs NZ is the place that you want to be going, where you can find yourself the new vocation that you possibly never knew that you always needed. Um, thank you very much, Lauren. Thank you very much, thank Cam you. from Trade thank Jobs you. NZ, and of course my incredible co-host Brooke. Uh, great to have a chat with you again as always. You're a legend, Jay. Onsite is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Trade Jobs NZ. It's hosted by Jay Reeve and Brooke Thompson. Recorded, edited, mixed and mastered by T.I. Hebutler. With production by Matthew McCauley and series management by Jane Yee. If you're ready for a career in the trades, visit tradejobsnz.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiai He Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.